2: coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way, providing a seamless mortgage experience. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, top five coming up in 20 minutes. Also, Jason Cole, fan cited editor and author, he joins us at 11.40 a.m. Eastern. We welcome in the great Anthony Pierno. Hello, Pierno. Good morning, Ken. It's wonderful to hear from you. Were you upset with what Chris Muller said about mob movies?
0: Why would I be upset over what?
2: I'm sure you love mob movies. You're a movie hound, and people do love mob movies. Yeah,
0: I do. I mean, clearly you don't pay attention. When we did the top five a few weeks back on the greatest movie franchises, I had The Godfather number one. So. I,
2: okay. Well, I, I, of course I do pay attention. Why are you yelling at me? I said you're a movie hound. You like mob movies. There you go. I can't remember every little thing. My God, Pierno, you are son, you watch such. Watch yourself, and Watch yourself. You got such a red ass today. Watch yourself. What are you so upset about? You ever come up to New York? You not
0: might not be able to make it out. Watch yourself,
2: Pierno, Never mind. All right, what's your top five? Let's go. I
0: thought we were going to talk about uh, the mom movies. You done with that?
2: No, we can talk about the top. We can talk about mob movies if you want to. I'm a fan of mob movies. Muller is the one who's not a fan of mom movies. Maybe you should be yelling yeah, at
0: Muller. So fan. don't yell
2: at me. I like the movies. I'm fine with I will admit, Casino is probably my least favorite out of all of them.
0: Uh, it's good. I think it might be a little overrated.
2: It's just, man, it's so emotionally draining for me. That's all. I got to be in the right mood to watch Casino. You know what I mean? It's so gritty, and it's almost too gritty. I don't get enough romanticism of of the fine Italian people in in, in, in mob culture in in casino. It's man, it's rough.
0: Uh, it's very rough. You guys mentioned the um, the Italian American, the Civil Rights League. Yes, you know uh, because of them, in the first Godfather movie, they do not use the word mafia. The word mafia is not in the. First Godfather movie. Yes, because of the Italian American Civil Rights League, they did not. uh, It was because of the pressure that they put on the producers and Francis Ford Coppola that that word is not used.
2: Well, that's good.
0: And but it's it's ironic because uh, the guy that headed that group, a guy by the name of Joseph Colombo, who of course was the boss of the Colombo crime family, shot in a crowd. So but no. the word mafia not used in the uh, original godfather film.
2: Well, you you certainly have taken this taken this show and taking it down a weird path, haven't you? A sad path have you not? A sad
0: path. What's I was just giving you an we're interesting about, fact.
2: We're talking about Joe Colombo getting shot out in public like that. Of course he didn't die from it. Oh, probably would be better if he died, but for himself but either way he didn't die from it, but still it's kind of sad, is it not?
0: These guys know what they signed up for, as Tony Soprano yeah, once said. We're soldiers. We don't go to hell. Everybody knows what they signed up for.
2: i listen to you over here. All right. what What's on your mind, Pierna? What do you want to do for the top five, buddy?
0: It was funny. Last hour, you, uh, with Joe in Oregon, you had mentioned Oregon, Oregon State, and you talked <sighs> a little about their uniforms. Oh. oh and then oh. recently, we've had the NHL reveal its new reverse retro jerseys, and the NBA revealed its new city edition jerseys. So. Ooh. We're going with the top five uniforms currently in sports.
2: Oh, your currently favorite, in sports? Yeah,
0: your favorite, the top five right now.
2: Uh, do they have to be okay? Let's set some ground rules here. Do they have to be everyday jerseys? Not like retro throwbacks. Like this is what they wear. This is what they wear out in the field.
0: You could go with the alternates.
2: See, I don't know if I'm allowed to do the alternates because immediately I'm going to pick like I- I'm going to end up picking the um I'm going to end up picking the Patriots throwback jersey. The red jersey with the white that's, helmets. Oh, my That's God.
0: fine. It's top, your favorite oh, top five uniforms right now. It looks
2: now. good. All right. Already already. I got a couple in my head. I got a couple in my head already. There's some good ones in there. Um, There's a lot of good ones. Damn, 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 damn. I'm going to have to have a homer pick. You know that. They're going to be number five because I I dealt with what garbage it was for the last five years on those jerseys, and now I get to, I get my classic <laughs> jersey back. So now I'm going to have to pick a number – or maybe I'll do an honorable mention for you, okay? Boy, you threw a swerve in there for a second. When you said Oregon-Oregon State, I thought you were going to talk about rivalries. I go, oh, boy, I, I can do that too. And then all of a sudden you were like, jerseys. I went, boom, this is fantastic. Pirano, you pulled the swerve on me. Well done. Thank you. Great job. Great job by you. 8552124 CBS again. Jason Cole joins us in less than forty minutes also. Aaron Torres, we'll talk college football with him. Big upset last night. Oregon State beat Oregon. We'll talk with him about that. All the implications for the Big Ten. What the Pac 12 can do about all this. And for all you Cincinnati fans, guys, I'm sorry. I, I just don't see a path for you. I think that they'll try I think the college football playoff committee cares about big business. I think they care about the very best. And there's been some people who are more than upset. And I, I, hey, I get it. I, don't shoot the messenger here, guys. I would just be shocked if Ohio State at four zero. If they play another game, they get the five and zero. Say they play Michigan, and they get the five and zero, and they beat the brakes off Michigan pretty good, which is a possibility. It's Michigan. If they beat Michigan, they get the five and zero. They're going to pick. They're going to pick Cincinnati. The only way I could see it going in not Ohio State's favor is if you get to the end of the Southeastern Conference, you have Alabama up at the top, you have Texas A&M there at number two. I mean, that makes it difficult. You could put Florida there if Florida were able to knock off Alabama. Like, I could see an SEC championship game, Florida beats Alabama, and I put Alabama still in the top five or top four and put Florida in the top four. We'll see what would happen with Notre Dame. We would see what happened with Clemson and probably put those four in. That might make it a little bit easier to say, oh, you know the, what these these conferences and Notre Dame, the independents, they really put themselves out there. They played in this. They have the opportunity. So if you're the college football playoff committee right now, you're you're rooting for Florida. That's what you're rooting for. You're rooting big time for Florida right now because you want Florida to have that shot. Because you do not, I don't think that they really want to put, I don't think they want to put them in. You know, Texas a and already lost their game to Alabama. I don't think that they, I don't think that the college football playoff committee wants to put Ohio State in as it's currently comprised. I think that they're upset with the Big Ten. They probably should be upset with the Big Ten. I don't think they really want to. But I think because of money, because of eyes, because of the ratings, they may have no choice. If you're a college football committee member, you got to root like crazy for Florida because you're not going to put Cincinnati in there. I'm sorry for the fight in Luke Fickles. You're not going to do that. And you're not going to put them, you're not going to end up putting a BYU in there. You're not going to do that. It's going to end up being if they can get Ohio State to five games, even if Ohio State somehow doesn't play in a Big Ten championship game. I could see Ohio State being there because, well, you got Justin Fields. Can you deny it? No, they, they won a bunch of games. I know they play; they got tight played against Indiana, but Indiana's been a better program this year. So you can make a couple arguments there. And I think they're willing to throw out any argument they want to or a- any rule, any hard and fast thing that they've talked about. I think they're willing to throw anything out of it. I'm willing to think that the Big Ten might make an adjustment. Hey, I know we said this about the Big Ten championship game, but Ohio State's won five games. I know we're supposed to play a minimum here. Uh, We're going to have to put Ohio State in there. I, I think they could definitely march it back. But either way, even if they don't play in a Big Ten championship game, I think the college football playoff committee will go, we know what we see. We see one of the best four teams in the country. We'll put them in. The difference is, is if Florida were to win, and the difference might be because you put a two-loss Clemson team in there. You could still, if you make this argument, if you lose to Trevor Lawrence and you lose tight, you could put a one-loss Notre Dame team in there. Notre Dame's pretty damn good this year. Nobody wanted to believe them. I gave them a chance. Pony made fun of me. I gave them a chance against Clemson the first time around. I ended up winning the Pony. Yeah, there we go on that. And then they've proven to be pretty damn good since. It wasn't just a flash in the pan. If they're able to hold serve, they got a couple of games left. They got Wake Forest coming up, and I think they got Syracuse left. They should be able to beat those teams. If if Notre Dame's able to hold that serve and they lose tight to Clemson, then I think you can get Notre Dame in still and make it Alabama, Florida, Clemson, Notre Dame. And you could possibly keep Ohio State out and say, listen, you guys didn't play enough games, sorry. It's not about it being fair. It's about what's going to make most money and what you can explain away. Eight five five two one two four CBS. We just got done talking to Chris Muller. He's one of my favorite guests. We're going to have him, Chris, on a whole bunch more as Pittsburgh continues. Because I got to tell you, and Chris and I, we have fun and Pony as well. I take a lot of shots at Pony. Pony is Pony's a good buddy of mine. In all honesty, and he's on from two to six. I gotta I gotta give Pittsburgh their due. And I, I can't believe I had to do this. I had to do it last week because I had to say, listen, some of you guys and your, your criticism of Ben Roethlisberger is pretty far-fetched. And I'm talking to other media members. Some of your criticism of Ben Roethlisberger is pretty far-fetched. It, he's been very good as a quarterback. I think that he's been a disappointment overall because I think that he has the natural talent to be better than Tom Brady. But I still think he's one of the top QBs in the game. And when Pro Football Focus is ranking Daniel Jones over Ben Roethlisberger, I kind of want to see Pro Football Focus show their work because I don't think that they belong in the same room unless Daniel Jones is holding the door for Ben Roethlisberger. So last week, I found myself coming to Pittsburgh's defense, or Ben Roethlisberger defense of all people. This week, my first thought when this started to go down with with the Ravens, why is Pittsburgh complaining? Why why are they upset? You guys are going to be healthy. You'll get Joe Hayden back. Now, I know he was involved in a car accident yesterday. He says he's okay. Uh, But you're going to get these guys back. You're going to be healthy. And then it just dawns on you, they've already been through this. They had to deal with this in week four or week five against Tennessee. They had their week seven bye week messed with, and they were a team that practiced all the way through the week, and then were told at the end of the week, hey, this is your bye week. It's like going to work and saying, hey, back then that was part of your vacation. You get Sunday off, but that was all part of your vacation because you're supposed to get four days off. So if you're Pittsburgh, you're angry then. You beat Tennessee, you take it personally. And then you get angry again because you have another personal game that you have to play against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are dropping like flies over this. You've had what looks like irresponsibility by the Ravens, and it's easy to throw a strength and conditioning coach under the bus, a nameless assistant strength and conditioning coach. It's easy for me to say, that guy's an idiot. That guy should lose his job. But if you're not wearing your tracker, if you're not wearing your mask, if you fail to report any symptoms, this seems to be something that's an organizational problem. If you're Pittsburgh, damn right you're angry. You cost me my bye week. Now I have to play on a Tuesday to get ready for another Sunday football game. That's going to put us further behind the 8 ball again, and we are chasing history. If we're the Pittsburgh Steelers, your mantra now at 10 and 0, you should be chasing history. I know you got to win the day and it's 1 and 0 every week. And You're chasing history, and it should be in the back of Mike Tomlin's mind, and it should be in the back of Kevin Colbert's mind, and even the Rooney family, that at 10-0, the conversation begins. Double digits, 72 Dolphins, and Mercury Mercury Morris has made his whole living. Made his whole living. After he got arrested and let, let out of jail, Mercury Morris made his whole living off being a part of the 72 Dolphins team, even though it, he wasn't Jim Kick or Larry Zonka, being a part of the 72 Dolphins team, and then talking trash subsequently to every team that flirted with going undefeated. And being on Center and, and singing songs and reading poems and doing all that stuff. The only reason a guy my age, 34 years old, knows who Mercury Morris is, is because he shoots his mouth off at being undefeated in 1972. And there's a reason I bring him up. Because there's somebody on this Steelers team, if they end up running the table, and as a football fan of a team in that division, it would set my soul ablaze. I'd hate it. Trust me, I'd hate it. But those players would set themselves up in some fashion for life. They may find themselves in trouble later on in life. They they may find themselves with bad investments. They might find themselves a little under the water. For those players, if that team's undefeated, there will be a Comic-Con, there will be an autograph signing, we will have public gatherings again of some sort. There will be a Comic-Con, there will be an autograph signing, there will be an event, there will be something that they can get involved in that they can make money from that their interviews can make money from, that their that their signatures, that their autograph, that the pictures with them can make money from. They can make money off their own names to say that they were part of the 2020 Steelers, the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, for the rest of their lives. And that there's some yahoo from the Pittsburgh Steelers now, name whoever you want to, if you can think of off the top of your head, who might not be the best player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not T.J. Watt. I'll say Bud Dupree. Maybe some kid... In 40 years from now, maybe Bud Dupree is going to be out there shouting from the rooftops about some team possibly going undefeated and how, oh, don't call me when you're – what is it? Don't call me when you're in my town. Call me when you're on my block, all that type of stuff. Just getting your name out there, providing your own business. Maybe Bud Dupree will get that argument. He'll he'll get that opportunity. If you're Pittsburgh, you have to think about it that way. You are chasing a first-round buy. You want to get your feet back up. That's important because you want to win the whole thing. Being a part of a Super Bowl special enough, and you can make that money still. But you're also chasing history, and you're also chasing the possibility of a perfect record. I'm just trying to be fair. There's a lot of things that I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers with, and they're 10-0, and, and I want to say, boo, bleeping, who? Oh, it sucks to be 10-0. Oh, I know. I can't. I want to. But I wouldn't be honest with myself, and I wouldn't be honest with you. If you were the Pittsburgh Steelers, you'd be pretty upset about this. I know I would be. The opportunity to be that way, to talk, to have that discussion, to be 10-0 and and now to talk about the possibility of being an undefeated football team, it begins in earnest now. And when you mess with my schedule, you mess with ritual, you mess with my comfort. And now this is two times for the Steelers, who share a building, by the way, with a college team. Now, I don't think Kenny Pickett and Ben Roethlisberger are hanging out together in the facility anyway, but who share their facility with a college football team, even though it's split right down the middle with separate everything. It's even more of a bit of a marvel that they haven't had these type of problems, and they've remained adamant every step of the way. So, yeah, I think that Pittsburgh does have an argument here and a reason to be angry. Eight five five two one two four 2124 CBS. Jason Cole in just over 20 minutes. Up next, courtesy of Pierno. He pulled the swerve on me. Top five uniforms currently. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. The
1: crowd is here about-
2: Listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855 212 cbs 855 Bruce Feldman saying today, by the way, Florida State, the UV game, UVA game has been postponed. Scheduling falls, positive tests, subsequent quarantining and contract tracing within the Florida State program. Hashtag big noon kickoff because he's a Fox Sports reporter. Is Dabo Sweeney going to talk trash on behalf of Virginia now, too, or how's that work? Pirno, can you help me out with that? Does Dabo Sweeney start sticking up for Virginia now, too? Lord almighty. why? What? I, I don't know why Dabo decided to punch down. Like, if they can't go, they can't go. I, what, what, what are you, what, what you going to do? We all know you beat the brakes off them. Just give you a win. Florida State hasn't been Florida State over the last couple of years. This isn't your older brother's Florida State Seminoles. We all know you kicked their ass, Dabo. I don't know why you have to continue to say that. You lost a game to Notre Dame. You didn't play very well in the week before that against BC. We're still giving you the benefit of the doubt. You're still a top four team. Relax, for the love of God. I don't think you need to punch down on Florida State. All right, Pierno, we ready?
0: I think we are ready to uh, go, Ken, with uh, today's top five.
2: It's time for the top five. Let's get going, babe. Let's get going.
0: All right. It is time for the top five. And again, um, the the NHL recently revealed its retro reverse jerseys, and the NBA revealed its new city edition jerseys. So we're going with the top five current uniform sets in pro sports.
2: Good right, pick so. on the music here, by the way. Well done. Yes. Number
0: five. Uh, And I I made sure I wanted to include um, each of the four sports here. So number five, I have a hockey team, the new retro, uh, reverse retro jersey, going with the Los Angeles Kings. Um, Really like it. Uh, It it combines the the crest from the Gretzky uh, Gretzky era, like the Chevy logo with the purple and the gold. So like the Kings original colors, Uh, the piping has a nice retro vibe, but still feels kind of fresh and the purple is different. And I like how the colors go perfectly with the Lakers to tie the city together. So uh, just a g- cool job of combining the different areas into a new design. So uh, number five, I'm going with the L.A. Kings reverse retro jersey. Good number job. four, uh, I really like the uh, the, Milwaukee, the Milwaukee Brewers, the uh, uh, ones they introduced this past year, their road navy uniform. So it's a light navy altern- um, alternate, and then it has Milwaukee written across the chest in gold uh, industrial script. It really looks good. You got the navy and the gold baseball logo on the sleeve. They got the uh, the State of Wisconsin logo with the modern M on the other side. And I love they, they made the logo, uh, the glove logo, the primary logo now in each of the caps. And with the, this navy set, uh, the hat is two-toned. So you got the Brewers yellow on the front panel. So I think Milwaukee just absolutely killed it uh, with this uniform set. Number three, I'm going with the St. Louis Cardinals, the powder uniform. The, the powder blue is like once again now all the rage in um, Major League Baseball especially. and I think they're all nice. I mean, the Blue Jays have them now. The Royals, of course. The Rangers got one this year. Uh, the Twins introduced one this past year. The Rays, Kay. Phillies. Everybody has it, but I'm going with the Cards. You got the St. Louis on the front with the birds perched on the bat. It's just simple. It's just elegant. It's beautiful. So the elegant. Cardinals powder blues at number three. Elegant. Number two, I'm going with the L.A. Chargers. Uh, listen, all six uniform combinations are great, but I really like the all-white uniform with the powder blue numbers. Oh, wow. That's my favorite. They're just this sleek, stylish. Um, and, again, I just they just did a great job in – marrying the team's roots with an updated look which for some reason is really difficult for a lot of teams to do Uh, but they pulled it off and again they have the numbers on their helmets and just besides the powder blue and gold they also want a couple of new looks like the navy blue and the dark color uh, rush variants Uh, But they're still very classy looking. So it's all six combinations are great, but my favorite would be the all-white. And then number one for me, going to the NBA, I absolutely love the Miami Heat, the City Edition Edition uniform. Wow. They used a turquoise this past season, but in recent years, they've had the pink, they've had the white, and the black. I think Miami just needs to change its current colors and just make these vice uniforms permanent. Just the jerseys, they pop. The neon colors, they just fit with Miami. And, again, it just it's a great nod to the team's city and the history. And when I see them, I just think about being on South Beach, baby. The music, the drinks. Don Johnson. And the yeah. pretty ladies yeah. on South Beach in Miami.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's a good list. That's a really good list. All right. Now, honorable mention of the Browns. And you're going to say, well, it's brown. And I'm going to go, yeah, but with the orange pants, they wear the orange pants a lot now, which is a throwback to the Brian Sipe era. Uh, I think they're fantastic. Now, this is honorable mention because I know I'm, I'm – I can't put them in the top five because I'm I'm partial. And because they had those jerseys over the last five years that – those jerseys turned into a prison sentence, Um, I never want to see them again. I hope we never see them again. Like, I hope there's no – there's no, like, throwback day in 2040 where, like, okay, we're going to go back. No, 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 no. Those are gone forever and should be gone forever. They should be banished to hell. The, to be honest with you, it's just everything about it was bad and that the people who the people who designed them were not from Cleveland. And they said, we really think we captured the spirit of Cleveland here. I'm like, yeah, you ain't never been here, have you? The jerseys that they have now, they're the, the now classic. Browns jersey, even though the you know the name on the back of the jersey is a little bit different in, in how they use that font, uh, it's still a fantastic jersey, and I, I I put that honorable mention. Number five, you ready? Montreal Canadiens. I think they look splendid. I think they look fantastic. I will always watch Canadians game if it's on TV because of the jersey. I just like the way they move up and down the ice and those jerseys. They look fantastic. Number four, and this is weird for me to say. Because you know, Tone, or you know their uh, tone. I uh, I am not privy to them all the time, and I'm not a big fan of them all the time. Privy, I don't know if that's a worry word. I'm going to throw Ohio State jerseys in there. Wow. Yep. I think Ohio State, the classic jerseys, the the gray helmets, the and I, I, I'm looking at more like Andy Katzenmoyer, big numbers over the shoulder pad. Those jerseys, I think, are fantastic. I think that it's a different color scheme where there's a lot of teams that make blue and gold look good, and they can do that. And there's a lot of classic red, white, and blue. Scarlet and gray is not necessarily the most classic uniform combination. I think it looks really, really good.
0: The school uh, that didn't think uh, didn't even think highly enough of you to send you yeah, a – They didn't uh, even bother sending me anything
2: back. They didn't even bother sending me anything back. They said to hell with this Thank guy. you for
0: applying, dumb. but no. Yep.
2: He's too dumb. They said I was too dumb. They didn't actually say anything. They didn't even give me a second. They probably said I was too dumb, but they didn't even give me the the, the satisfaction in telling me I was too stupid. Um, I still think that those are dynamite uniforms, and I put Ohio State in there at number four. Number three, see, this is where the football part of me takes over, because I, I, I thought, man, the Yankees got classic jerseys. Those are fantastic. I actually do not like the powder blue for the uh, Cardinals. I love the red. I love the, the classic part of the Cardinals, but... I went all football from here on out. And actually, with Ohio State there, I went football top four of the five. And the other one's a hockey team. Number three, Oakland Raiders. Fantastic all around. Number two, the L.A. Chargers. That's the – until Justin Herbert got there, that was the only thing that franchise had going for themselves. And the Rams had some of the best jerseys ever, and they were – this was Vince Cellini who said this. And he described them perfectly. You watched them play the other night. They're walking around in dingy long johns. What was this? Who decided that that was what they should wear? Classic helmet, classic look, just perfect, shooting fish in a barrel. And they messed up the Rams logo. They messed up the helmet. The whole thing sucks. Uh, but classic L.A. Chargers current throwback jerseys the way they are now. Um, I think the Chargers is number two. And you said I could throw throwbacks in there, and they wear them every now and then. So I'm saying number one the um, the Patriots red jerseys with the white helmets. Who is that? Pat the Patriot? Patriot Pat? Is it Patriot Pat?
0: Honestly, I don't know off the top of my head.
2: Patriot Pete? Patriot Paul? It starts with a P. Pete the Patriot? Pat the Pat. It's a Patri- uh, Pat Patriot. Yeah, the one with Pat the Patriot on the side. Oh, man. Fantastic illustration. Fantastic logo. The jerseys are great. Can't beat it. They're my number one. Those are great. And that is the top five jerseys in sports. Well done, Pierno. Threw a great swerve at me. Did a hell of a job there. Good job, buddy. Coming up at noon, the best rivalry in college football. And ain't who you think I'm going to say. And up next, Jason Cole, fan cited editor and author. We'll talk NFL with him. It's Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. Right now, it's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. You're listening to Ken Carman on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227, sponsored by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance together. Having a home is hard work, so get a quote at GEICO.com. It's absolutely easy. Coming up in just about an hour from now, Aaron Torres will talk to his college football writer and host, Fox Sports Radio, also Online.com. We go to the hotline now to talk NFL with one of my favorite guests, it's been a while, Jason Cole, fan-set editor, also football author of seven books, including, I believe this is his latest, Elway, A Relentless Life. Jason Cole joins us on the show right now. Jason, how the hell are you?
1: I am fantastic, Ken. How are you?
2: Doing well, doing even better talking to you. Is Elway, A Relentless Life, your latest? It is. I came out okay, two months God.
1: ago. Uh, working on what the next one will be, but uh, enjoying this one. Um, great reception from from. Uh, Readers so far, they, they seem to really get it and that this is more than a football book. It's a book about what makes somebody great and to continue to push to be great. Um, because Elway is a rare human being, a guy who won Super Bowls and went to a Hall of Fame and said, that's not enough. I got to c- keep competing and help the team at Super Bowl. I mean, that's there's two guys in the history of the league who have done this, and it's him and Mike Ditka. Um, So he's in a very rare company to do stuff like this.
2: I mean, I've had to be critical of him at times because he is a general manager and he he works in, in, you know, our current construct. I got to give him credit for having the Stones to do that. I don't know if I'd do that. Like, there's – it's one thing – (laughs)
1: like, hey, Dan Marino – like,
2: my dad's a Dolphins fan, Jason. Dan Marino's one of my all-time favorites. I remember a very short stint in the front office where basically Dan Marino Three
1: weeks. I covered it. I covered the entire three weeks. I covered the Dolphins. And let me just tell you a story. Um, from the very first day that Dan was on the job after he took it, he was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. And, of course, I'm there. I'm covering the team. It's like, okay, let's go play witness to this first day and how this is going to go. He sat there through entire practice, didn't take a single note. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Didn't take okay. a single note. Philip Rivers was one of the quarterbacks. J.P. Loesman was one of the quarterbacks. Matt Schaub was one of the quarterbacks. Just watched him. Now, that may be okay, um, but didn't take a note. And At the end of it, he got up, and with the groan of a man who was just in total misery, said, my butt is froze. And he didn't use the word butt, but I'm trying to be nice on, on radio here. It, it just, From day one, this was work. It was drudgery. And I don't blame him for not wanting to do it. Okay, not one tiny little bit do I blame him for that, because this is hard work. I do, however, give Elway a lot of credit, and yes, he does deserves his share of criticism. He hasn't solved the quarterback situation since Manning. Everybody can say that, and you know they're they're drifting right now. The last you know four years, but they did win a Super Bowl, and I think most—if you told fans, "Hey, look, you'd have this guy, and you'll win a Super Bowl in the first five years," they'll sign up for that.
2: Yeah, it's just—it's God—it's such a grind. I don't know why any former quarterback would sign up for that. Go back he to the TV it. booth. He loves it. He must. He—he he better. <laughs> he is so passionate He is so passionate about it, and that's the thing that
1: I look—I'm proud of because I believe that that came across in this
2: book—that
1: where that passion comes from, and how deep that passion runs.
2: The book is Elway, A Relentless Life. I'm sure people can find it on Amazon and everywhere else, right oh, there, yeah, Jason? Okay. Amazon,
1: Barnes & Noble, probably at your local bookstore, um, especially if you're in Colorado or somewhere in the Northeast or in Los Angeles, easily find it there. Um, but, yes, Amazon.com is the the normal spot where you'll find this book.
2: Uh, here we are. See, it's Black Friday weekend, and you can get the book for the Elway fan in your life. And I will Jay-
1: sign it if you if you contact me on Twitter – at Jason
2: Cole
1: 62, I can arrange to have it signed by me, by John. See? But by me, I will do that. Yeah. I
2: guess. Well, I mean, hell, you're just as good as John's. I would assume. At at Jason <laughs> well, my Cole 62. Name, my
1: name is on my name is on that book. So yeah.
2: <laughs> Jason Cole joining us on the show. Let me go from one legend to another. Am I getting soft? I was going to ask this question later, but I have you here. Tom Brady didn't shake Jared Goff's hand, and I'm going, man. Jared Goff's a younger quarterback, and He played against you in a Super Bowl. I don't know why it bothers me, it does. Am I getting soft? Am I soft? A little bit.
1: Well, I mean (laughs) I I I think look, Tom's gotta be a bigger man about this. You know, like it's a bad look. It's just silly. And shake the guy's hand. Now, Tom has there's certain I don't know if Goff is one of those guys, but Tom has little things against certain quarterbacks out there. I don't think he really likes Phillip Rivers from what I'm told. And so there are certain people that that rub him the wrong way. I don't know if Goff is one of those guys. I have no idea. But I know that that exists. But the other side of it is, look, he just threw a, a pretty bad interception. He's having, you know, he's having some up and down moments in this transition. He doesn't like to lose. I get it. But come on, Tom yeah you've been around the block you know twenty two times you know twenty two times in this whole deal twenty three you know whatever whatever it is and yeah, go shake the kid's hand you know like't you know don't do this but but I'm not going to like go to the extreme of saying oh he's a terrible human being or he's a terrible competitor or he's petty or you know, like, he had a moment a lot of guys have had moments.
2: I just, man, I had a problem with him. Like, come on, man. I'm I, like, I, I'm a
1: well, Brady fan. I, I'm, with, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I, I'm, like, I'm like, come on, man. But I'm also not, I, you know, we watched this guy for over two decades. Yeah. I also still trust him. Like, I, I still think he's a good human being at heart who just had a bad day.
2: Jason Cole joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter at JasonCole62. Uh, if I look across the landscape of the NFL – You know, there's a lot of questions about the virus and and everything that's happening here. Is this where some of the veteran coaches start to take hold? Guys like Tomlin, Reed especially, you know, guys who have, they haven't been through anything like this before, but they've seen just about everything other than this, and they might be more ready for it than some of the young guys who might be either in a wild card spot or on the outside looking in.
1: But what are they going to do other than follow protocols, right? Like. I, I don't know that any of them are more scientific than the others. I mean, Reed Reed has some small advantage because his mom was a doctor, um, so he has a little more science background probably than oh. most coaches. But that's still like, that's also like saying that I stayed at a Holiday Inn and now I can prepare to do surgery.
2: My um, dad was a butcher. I can't tell you a whole lot of differences here. Right. So
1: maybe. Um, Look, I, th- I think we're just at the whims of how closely guys are taking care of, you know, their, their themselves and their season, how much they care about how the season's going to play out. Um, you know, one of the shocking things in all this is the Jets don't have a massive COVID outbreak. Like, I would, I would think that those guys are sort of tuned out to this at this point in time. But then you get Baltimore, which is in the throes of trying to keep their season together and make the playoffs and get back there. And they're sloppy. And you just kind of go, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I would have expected some teams, you know. But I think that speaks to, you know, what's your locker room like? How responsible are your guys? And that's probably a coaching thing where they just look and go, look, guys, if you're not going to be responsible, just do me a favor and don't show up. Like, just stay away from the building. If you're going to go out, you know, do this. But, again, this is a – this is this is uncharted waters for everybody. I think that the the coaches and the players are looking to the league for guidance, and the league is trying to provide the best that they can.
2: Can the Steelers go 16 and 0? Oh, or should so. I say, should they be undefeated? Could they go? oh, You don't think they can be undefeated at all this year? I should say I was. I meant to run the table, but the hell with me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um,
1: to run the table all the way through. I mean, look, I, I think that they are the second best team in the league, um, but they're a step behind Kansas City. The one advantage that they're going to have against Kansas City is that they're, they're going to play them in a playoff atmosphere where the defense is allowed to be more you know, more physical, and so that may allow them a little bit more leeway. But, but Kansas City is the class of the league in my, in my view. It's not really very close. The only thing that's going to beat Kansas City, and it's made some games close so far this season, is boredom. I think that they're, like they're not challenged right now. And so they're not going to need to either lose a game late in the season that will, you know, get them back on pins and needles, or they're going to have to find some other way to be sharp again. But they're not really playing sharp football right now. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, has taken advantage of playing mostly mediocre teams during the season. I think their, their schedule gets harder at the end. They're going to lose one of these games. But the advantage that they have is the defense again. In the in postseason, their defense – roll allow to be more of a strength, which gets them, I think, to the AFC Championship game at a minimum, and maybe get them over to hump to win a Super Bowl. So they're right there.
2: Could the Bengals have done anything different in the handling of Joe Burrow? Gotta let him play. I don't
1: know. I, the guys get hurt in this league. I, I you know, what are you gonna? If the kid was ready to play, the kid's ready to play. Um, and and they have requisite talent. I mean, obviously AJ Green has has you know, is not what he once was. But they have other guys who can play at receiver. They have some guys who are decent tight ends, not great. And they've got the running backs. I mean, I think that they had enough talent around him. Uh, So I just think this is a freak nature of things. The thing, the kid, the one thing I would say about the kid is he's a little too courageous. He's got a little Andrew Luck in him where he's not afraid to back down from situations. And it's like, look, dude, when you got hit on that first run, you know, by Chase Young, like, No, stop this. Don't do this. You know, like, avoid contact. You're not a big dude. So, he's got to learn that that lesson on on his own. And he he learned it, unfortunately, probably in a very painful way.
2: Does this end up costing Zach Taylor his job? Um,
1: Zach Taylor's going
2: to lose his job
1: in all likelihood. Um, He's not going to lose it this year. I mean, look, Mike Brown is very patient with coaches
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um, because he doesn't like to pay people who he's fired. All right, that's just that's that's part of it. Um, the other part of it is he learned from his dad this takes more time. So are you going to penalize a guy who didn't have a very good team his first year? You knew you were going to remake the team. You started to remake the team in his second year. You played better football overall, but you're not progressing. Fast. No, he's not going to do that. Mike Brown's going to keep Zach Taylor. Ultimately, what's going to cost Zach Taylor his job is – not understanding the bigger picture and the value of veteran players that you need to have veteran players in your locker room and bring those guys on board. Like you shouldn't have lost Carlos Dunlap. You shouldn't have stories coming out right now about your college atmosphere with drafting guys who are team captains and stuff like that. You've got to bring everybody into the building. You still want to draft guys who are really good players. And if they're team captains, that's a bonus. That's great. Um, But you need to have a guy like Dunlap on your side because he is, you know, he knows how how the organization is supposed to operate. He can be more helpful to you than hurtful.
2: I didn't think about it like that, and I wish I did, because I said some things about the Bengals two weeks ago, and I wish I had that thought because I think you're right about that. Jason Cole joining us on the show. Find him on Twitter at JasonCole62. Real quick. Should I be worried about Lamar Jackson? I'm not talking about the virus. Hopefully he'll be okay, but I'm talking about as a quarterback. Is there reason to be concerned about Lamar Jackson right now, Jason?
1: Absolutely. There's always been reason to be concerned about Lamar Jackson, not because of the person that he is, but the style that he plays, right? You can't maintain that style of running that much and not eventually get hit, okay? Or that teams are going to find ways to bottle you up and make you play from the pocket and beat him from the pocket, okay? His yards per carry are down like almost a yard per – Carry this season. He's not nearly as explosive as he was. He's not dominating games, which is not ho- ho- opening up the passing game. Then, there, on top of that, you get the injuries, like the boil, the tight end, which is really critical for him because he needs to have a tight end with his, with his throwing motion. His throwing motion is always to this point, at least to this point, is going is a loose arm motion, which makes it hard to throw passes outside the number with numbers with authority. So there are things that always make you wonder about lamar jackson long term i would always say this as a counter if you're going to bet on anybody to fix that problem lamar Jackson is the kind of kid because of his makeup and his work ethic that you will bet to fix it so yep. this regression is to be expected the question now is how is he going to adjust to what that regression and how teams are playing him and i think he will find a way
2: Jason, I can't thank you enough for the time. The book, Elway, a relentless life. Jason Cole, we thank him very much for the time. Find him on Twitter at Jason Cole sixty-two. Coming up, worker shoot, twelve twenty PM Eastern. Next. It's the best rivalry in college football. Hands down right now anyway. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.